can't keep gigging me with NBA questions. Okay, this is so great. So Club Fantasy FFL, Joshua's watching. He's really wonderful. Um, so he just chimed in with somebody, please pick bocce ball one of these days. Do you know how relevant and hilarious that is to my life? So every single year, I compete in the Canadian Bocce Championships. What? <laughs> yes. You, you are lying. doesn't know this. You are I, lying. I, Nick, you stop right there. I swear on Carl's life, this is real. All right. So Whoa, this I'm is our 11th now. year we've had our team together. It's in Kimberley, my small town. And turns out that Bocce Nationals in Canada is just this huge drunk fest where it's like three days of drinking and everybody dresses up in costumes. Like our team name is Boats and Hoes. And this is my 11th year of team captain. And we dress like sailors and we have really graphic things written on our shirts that I won't talk about. But I am... I haven't been a champion, but I've made it three games in on Sunday where I was the semis. So when I was really this? close to being a Canadian bocce champion. So yes, Joshua, we can talk about bocce ball one day. Nachos and lemon heads on Katie's boat. <laughs> you won't go down because your bocce balls can float. Speaking of being a party started. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That song is getting catchier. I swear, I it's getting it's getting catchier with each episode. Good choice, Sean. Good. Thank you. Thank you. This is episode four of the Gridiron Podcast. I'm Nick Shook. That is Sean Barry, and in the middle, as usual, Katie Caldwell. We are back for another episode. Been a couple of weeks because well, the F1 race got canceled. Well, yeah, it wasn't May. our fault. Yeah, and, and it's May because and, and not a lot goes on in the NFL in May. Well, I mean, unless you're in like OTAs and mini camps and, and you like to listen to players talk about how they're going to be better than ever. You know, we're really close to best shape of your life season right now. Um, we're past chip on the shoulder and we're entering best shape of your life. You're getting the keys to the offense. Um, every team's going to win the Super Bowl, even if Robert Sala says only 68 teams are going to win. Every team's going to win the Super Bowl. That's, that's about where we are. It's optimism season. Everybody's happy and excited. We're here to throw cold water on that fire. I'm just kidding. That's not what we're doing. But we are here to recap the news. Uh, but first off, folks, uh, a, a reminder, if you're new to the podcast, if you're tuning in for the first time, we are streaming live on Twitch and on our YouTube page. You can find us on YouTube at GridironPod. And then Twitch, this is my Twitch page, um, twitch.tv slash the Nick Shook. I don't know if we established one for the podcast or not. I think maybe just keeping it here and expanding from there. Maybe that's where we go. Who knows? Maybe we get gigantic and we make our own page and everything. But for now, that's where you can watch and participate. Be sure to jump in the chat and uh, leave your comments. We'll read them. We'll read them. We'll read them. Read Unless them they're live. mean. In which case, stay out of there. <laughs> oh, well, then you won't like this, Katie. <laughs> oh, God. Can Turby duck in? Yeah. Fire me into the sun. <laughs> Big B's coming out swinging tonight, and I like it. And it's so funny because, like, I've had people tweet that at me, and I was trying to be sincere and talk about how I was sad that it existed because so many horses have died. And then I accidentally said, Can Turby ducky? <laughs> so and now I'm, it's a great I'm, running joke, but it, I was talking about something rather serious, which uh, is very uh, rare for me. I'm streaming yeah, on that Twitch the other night. Me. And Katie jumps in on the Twitch chat, which I didn't even know Katie had a Twitch. I was very fired up to see that. Very excited. And Big B sees her in the chat and immediately goes, oh, my God, can Turby Ducky? 
The legend lives on. You know what? Screw it. This has been episode four of the Gridiron Podcast, the last and final episode of the Gridiron Podcast. We are now the Kinturby Ducky Podcast. Full rebrand. Where we do Again, nothing. For the second time in a couple of weeks. Oh, yes. What so, a gift. It is episode. Yeah, yeah it is a gift. <laughs> I tell you what. It just keeps on giving, whether I want it to or not. Yes. Uh, this is episode four of the Gridiron Podcast. We're getting into the NFL news right off the bat, okay? Like I said, it's it's a sleepy, sleepy, sleepy time of the year right now, okay? Let's face it. Um, we dig deep for content right now. We make mountains out of molehills right now. But there was some news. Uh, the owners' meeting happened this week, and they did approve some changes in the rules. It's interesting because the rule change process actually starts in like the the winter meeting of sorts it's not like baseball's winter meetings but it's a little bit after the super bowl it's usually at a nice resort this year was in phoenix built more great place been there for this they do it up really well and they propose rules and sometimes they're so such no-brainers that it pushes right through other times they need more time to think about it even if it makes a lot of sense some of those rules came back to the meeting this week they were tabled earlier the first one might be the one that angers you two the most. And I understand it. And, and the, the league is begrudgingly seeding toward player safety when it comes to the kickoff. They have implemented, uh, approved, basically brought up, uh, you know, elevated, made the leap. The fair catch on kickoffs can take place outside of the end zone. It will put the ball at the 25. So if you're back to return a kick, and you're on the four, and you know you're going to get clobbered, you're going to fair catch it. The downside, guys, and this is probably where you're going to talk about it, this happens all the time in college football. The kick, the kick return is essentially the non-existent in college football because guys just fair catch it all the time. I mean, it's, I, I feel like we're you know, jumping through a hoop. We don't even have to. This is, this is just you know, performative at this point. So what are your thoughts on this? I feel like, like you said, we're one step away from the kickoff not even being necessary or kind of like we have in baseball now with intentional walks. You don't have to throw four straight pitches way outside of the plate to walk a batter. You just have to let the umpire know, hey, we're walking this guy. Next thing we know, refs are going to ask coaches, hey, do you even want to accept this kickoff or are we just going to do a fair catch? Because it's not going to matter at this point. You just might as well put it at the 25-yard line. And if you accept the kickoff, then you have to try and run it out from wherever, unless, of course, it goes out the back of the end zone. But – I don't understand why we're doing this. This is the NFL. It's supposed to be harder. It's supposed to be more difficult. You have to get two feet in bounds for a catch instead of one. You have to, I mean, there's so many different rules that make the NFL better, more challenging, and tougher than college football. I don't know why now we're starting to take a page out of the college football playbook in the NFL. Yeah, I do agree with you. I feel like it's diluting the, I don't want to say integrity of the game. I know that sounds really cliche, but it feels like they're moving closer towards just eliminating kickoffs. And it's such a big and exciting part of the game. And I understand that you want to make the game safer. Of course, the NFL pretends to care about player safety. You want to actually make the game safer? Mandate real grass, not artificial turf. It is oh, no yeah. secret that artificial turf is significantly harder on your body than grass. You want to make it safer? Eliminate Thursday night football games or schedule oh, them gonna, according to- You're not going to like how this is pretty- no, Double or triple them. How about that? Double or triple the number of Thursday yeah, night games we exactly. have. Or schedule them according to the team's bye week. Like There are ways that you can do it. It's so frustrating because 
we all know there are tangible changes that could be made to make the game safer. NFL players aren't dumb. NFL fans aren't dumb. Don't bullshit us. But it, well, but it's example number 40,000 of money talks with this. It's not about player safety. It's about the optics of player safety. And we'll get into the flexing of Thursday night. It's just, it's so contradictory. And it's it's so ironic that these both I, come in at the same time. And I don't understand the move, too, because, Nick, you're from Cleveland. What position did Josh Cribbs play? Kick returners, punt returner kick. I mean, yeah, do, you, do receiver, you remember but... him as a wide receiver? No. No. I mean, a little the bit. Returns. But... What about Devin Hester? Do we remember him as a, as a you know, a, an amazing wide receiver? No. Remember him as a kick returner. All of these, it's a, it's a position that coaches and GMs have to account for, because if you have a good one, that can change the game. It doesn't have to be a kickoff return for a touchdown or a punt return for a touchdown. It just has to be he gets you those extra yards. He gives you that little bit of momentum going into your offensive drive. It's a position that matters, and they're all but eliminating it with this rule. Exactly. I, I hate I hate to rain on your parade, Sean, but we can't have our cake and eat it too. It, we're either going to talk player safety and, and turn toward player safety and push in that direction, or we're going to say, screw it, we like the excitement of the game. Uh, statistically concussions, a vast majority, well, not a vast majority, but a, a large portion of them, uh, occur on the kickoff because these players are traveling 20, 30 yards and crashing into each other. We've seen the kickoff tinkered with a lot over the last decade. There used to be the wedge and wedge busting, which is, you know, when two, I'm, I'm not kidding you. When I played football, they would teach you two guys in the center of the kick return group would hold hands and run back together and then run forward so that they would stay together and create sort of a wedge. And then on your kick coverage team, you have one guy who was nuts, who would just fly in there with reckless abandon. And he was the wedge buster to try and break that up and create an opportunity for people, you know, players to tackle the returner. That's gone. That's been gone for a while because of player safety. When I was young, we used to have bull in the ring. By the time I was done, bull in the half ring wasn't even allowed anymore, which I don't even know if you know what bull in the ring is. It's when everybody stands in a circle and one guy's in the middle everyone's fully padded and a coach just shouts out a name or a number and you have to figure out where that guy is. And he just runs at you full sprint and you have to hit him and stay up. I mean, like guys get destroyed. Oh I think it was in the junction boys. You could see a scene of them. That doing was like that. in the opening scene of Friday night lights. Yeah. I mean, and I did bull in the ring as a kid. These are all things that have been taken out of the game, more focus on player safety and more importantly than anything, focusing on protecting players from concussions because we know what, you know, head trauma does. Now we've got a lot of research in the last decade. They're trying to move in that direction. The biggest issue, though, is, is you know, I said you can't have your cake and eat it, too. There may be a compromise, and I think the compromise exists in the XFL, which Big B yes. actually brought up. Thank you. That's yes, what I was, was going to bring that up, was my too. Next, that was my next point. Glad we're on the well, same page here. Discuss. I like the XFL rule where you cannot move. What, what are they, lined up 15 yards apart? the special teams units, and then once the ball is finally caught by the returner, that is when they are allowed to start moving on the line. I like that rule. That mm. way you're not running full speed down the field yeah. and you don't have 30 or 40 yards before you finally make full contact with another grown man. You have 10, 15 yards to, to get up to speed. I mean, it's still, it's still a violent sport. It's always going to be. You, you can't get rid of it. But that step makes it a little bit safer it gives you that result you want of safety, but also keeps the excitement of a kickoff return or a punt return for a touchdown in play. There are ways you can make it safer. I just wish they would be more consistent with it when there are obvious changes that they could make. Like I talked about TNF, when you have guys that have three days of rest, 
that's just not healthy to go out there and play. And all of the players have talked about it. It's no secret that the players hate Thursday night football. It's just frustrating that they keep making all these changes in the name of player safety. So go all in. Actually make it safer for the players then. You know what also is really safe when guys are coming off, you know, a Monday night football game and then they've got a game in Munich, Germany. Oh, my God. Next Sunday. <laughs> or wait, Frankfurt. Wait till we get hyper was Tom it hypersonic Hotspur stadium or wherever hypersonic flights and uh we're we're having a team in London and a team in Munich and they're playing the teams in the contiguous 48 of the United States uh that, that that's coming man to 10 years from now I bet you that happens uh by the way the the, the what I be, said BB reference was actually wrong Big B referenced the most, one of the most brutal things in organized sports in the last 25 years, which is when the XFL started oh, games with a scrum. That. Do you remember that? Yeah. When they used to line up, one guy from each team would go out there and the ball would be on the field. They had to sprint down there and, and wrestle each other for the football. You know why they what? stopped doing that during that one season in which the XFL existed? Because a guy broke his arm doing that. Okay. I think they blew out, a couple guys blew out ACLs too while trying to do that. Yeah. 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 There were so many safe. injuries. So sorry, Big B. But Big B also said, um, uh, Katie, don't take away his Thursday night games. So then schedule your bye weeks in a different way then. Like, I know it makes it more complicated, but. I think I think there's a way to do. Can we move on to Thursday night then? Can we yeah, move on to Yeah, this is a good transition. <laughs> good segue. Yeah. So, yeah, now the NFL adopted only eight teams voted against it that where you can flex Thursday night games and. Teams were already getting now two Thursday night games. You could now get a third or a fourth. You and get a just, Thursday game. You get a Thursday game. It's it's Everybody insane. Gets. And, I, and I'm all for getting teams on primetime more often, but just at what cost? Like, I know, I know Amazon Prime was hurting because the games last year on Thursday night were atrocious. I don't know what the adjective Al Michaels used was Abysmal. several times. But, yeah, the games were terrible. This isn't going to make them any better. You still have teams coming off three days of rest, like you said, Katie. They don't want to play Thursday night. It's a hard mm. game to get up for and give 100% in week 13, 14, and 15. Allow me to defend my employer because I am a company man. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> they have to give them the, – the owners didn't really want to do this, the, allowing them to flex Thursday games, you know, Sunday games to Thursday. The owners did put up a fight. The players union put up a fight because Thursday games, as you said, are already a hassle. They're, they're a hurdle. It's tough to come out and play well on Thursday. And oftentimes you see those blots because one team has the benefit of being the home team or having, you know, maybe an extra day or whatever it is between these games. Um, they tried hard to at least voice their concerns. And I think that there was significant concessions made in, but still pushing this through, which is that 28 days notice, you have to have four weeks notice of your game being flexed. It can only be done twice a year, weeks 13 to 17. It's a month range in which they know that the most important games that they know people want to see are going to be, you know, potentially flexed in there. And you can only do it twice a season. So, but I get it. I get it. I, 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 I have a I question disagree. for the company, man. What percentage of the NFL is owned by Amazon now? Uh, none. We didn't sell. I thought the Amazon bought like 49% of the NFL. Like no, two no, years no, ago. No, no, no. They wanted to buy 49% of NFL Network, and that never happened. Oh, uh, well, then I rescind my point. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. I'm man Thank enough you. to know when I'm wrong. 
All right, so next rule change on the list. Third and final significant rule change. Everybody, they want to talk about the no-brainers. This was the no-brainer. Anybody yeah. who watched the NFC Championship game last year knows exactly what the NFL should have done. Why This never should have gone away in the first place. I personally think roster gymnastics on their own are stupid. If you can have 53 guys on a team, you should be able to dress 53 guys. You shouldn't have to have seven inactives every week. You all got to get down to 46 for game day. For what reason? What is the point of that? To make things more difficult? Why? It's already difficult to field a team with the salary cap restrictions and everything else. In the NFC title game, would you guys like to remind the listeners and the viewers on Twitch and YouTube what happened in that game? Oh, nothing good. <laughs> no, it's nothing good. What? So <laughs> Brock Purdy goes down, like, what, first drive of the game? Something like that? First quarter? Uh, who came? Did they try to get? Who, Was who Christian McCaffrey? Okay. All After right. Brock Purdy, who was there? All right. So I don't and Nick, we need your help with this. Yeah, All our, I just on, remember man. it was chaos. Because you can only dress two quarterbacks. Um, right. I mean, technically you could dress a third, but then you'd have to sacrifice another roster spot. Um, they went with Purdy as a starter. Well-traveled veteran Josh Johnson was the backup. Purdy goes down with the, uh, the elbow injury, the UCL injury. Josh Johnson comes in, suffers a concussion. They have no Josh quarterback Johnson. left. They have no quarterback left. Christian McCaffrey is your emergency quarterback, which honestly, in hindsight, actually, even in the moment, I was tweeting about it. And in hindsight, uh, you should have just tried him out there because then they put Purdy back in who cannot throw more than three yards because he has right. a torn yeah, ligament yeah. in his yeah. elbow and he just you know has to hand the ball off for the rest of the game. If you had a third quarterback dressed that didn't count against your roster spot, one of the other seven guys, you know, fit 46 plus 7, 53, math. I'm not good at it, but that's pretty simple. One of those seven guys could be the third quarterback not active, but dressed and can come in, in an emergency situation. You don't have that problem. And that's what they are, you know, they sought to remedy. And, they, and I think they did. So we'll see how quickly it comes to fruition because that wasn't the only time something like that happened. Now, it was giving now, me flat. Oh, go ahead, Sean. I was going to say, Katie, back me up on this one. I think what the NFL should have done instead of allowing teams to dress a third quarterback is copy the NHL have an e-bug, have an emergency yes. backup quarterback somewhere in the stands. He's a he's an accountant, you know, Monday to Friday. And then on <laughs> Sundays, you bring him in. Maybe he played NAIA football in Missouri. You don't know, but he's your e-bug. He's your emergency backup quarterback. Just bring him on in. The Zamboni driver comes in. That was so... Oh, hockey is so great for many, many, it's also really bad for many reasons. Um, but watching that um, 49ers game totally gave me flashbacks of when the Denver Broncos just started a game without a quarterback. And I know it was different because their whole quarterback room got COVID, but they were just like snapping the butt. Was it to Kendall Hinton? Was that right? It was Kendall like, Hinton. Yep. Just to whomever goes back there. And it's like, ooh, I wonder what plays they're going to be called. <laughs> but I, I remember watching that game like there's no way this is actually going to go ahead. And it did. It was just. It'll always be in my in the back of my mind. That was one of the okay. crazier things I've ever seen. Twenty twenty was a weird year. We, it was a we, weird time. <laughs> weird times to be alive, man. You guys, you, you guys want to know how Kendall Hinton did in that moment, statistically speaking? Yes. All right. So Kendall Hinton entered the NFL as a wide receiver, undrafted out of Wake Forest. He attempted nine passes in that game. He completed how many? I'm going to say. Four. Katie? One. Price is right. Katie is the winner. (laughs) I thought I remembered one. (laughs) He threw two interceptions and finished with a stellar passer rating of. Sean? Zero. Are we we going to do this, Sean, or are you just going to ignore me here? 
Oh, I thought I, I thought you were reading off his stats. Why am I guessing? You have them in front of you. No, zero. Passer rating was zero point zero. Same as mine. Was, I remember was, after the game too, the Broncos tweeted out like they were like the final score is what it is, but someone went out there and really competed their butts off today. I'm just like. All right, now's not the time to be, you know, blowing smoke up the butt of your emergency <laughs> quarterback. Maybe you'd be like, hey, Drew Locke, don't come here with COVID. Yep. That's good advice. Yep. So that's why we have a third quarterback now, so that we can do things like that, right? So these are good rule changes for the most part, I think. I mean, you, you could be... Mason Rudolph redemption tour. Oh, God. Gross. I would love to watch that. Gross. The final <laughs> NFL tidbit before we can move on from the sleepy period of the year. Guys, I hate to bring him up because we are very tired of talking about him, but he is all the rage in the Big Apple and beyond. That is Aaron Rodgers, who had his first OTA with the Jets this week, and he didn't make it out of warm-ups. Aaron well, Rodgers I mean, suffered a calf old. strain. Suffered a calf strain in warm-ups, and uh, yeah, uh, not much... To say beyond that, he watched the rest of practice and everybody on Twitter freaked out. Oh, Rogers is hurt. He's 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 favoring his leg. It's clearly an issue. He'll is, be fine, right? Is is this what Zach Wilson had in mind when he talked about making someone's life hell? Like, do we have like photographic evidence of like Zach Wilson just hiding behind, you know, uh, a blocking dummy going, do <laughs> 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 <Get> that again? <laughs> oh my god. Um, beautiful. Just cut yeah. that. Make that a sound. That'll be our transition <laughs> sound. Good. We have God. we have the F one transition sound. That's our NFL transition. Perfect. Sound. All right. I mean, we already have the Florida man drop. So I am Florida man. Uh, <laughs> I had a. Tra- I was actually going to transition to something there, and I could. Oh, you know what? Here it is. Um, how much you talk about making your life hell? How how hellacious can your life be with a calf strain? Seriously, like, what is it? Hurt to go upstairs. Um, let's play know. a game. Let's play a game. Nuisances caused around the house and in daily life by a calf strain. I mean, Aaron Rodgers probably does like yoga and meditation, so like the whole bending of the extremities might be difficult for him right now. It, it, it to Aaron Rodgers, it probably makes a big difference. I feel like I should be excluded from this conversation simply because I'm your elder and there's a lot of days where I just sleep weird and I wake up and everything whoa, hurts for whoa, a week. Whoa, whoa, Katie, I played, <laughs> I played more than a decade of contact sports. I am hurting too. <laughs> well, I have age on my side as well. Like you, there's days where I sleep weird on my neck and then I wake up and I'm like, well, I guess I can't move today Yeah, because oh, I yeah, slept same. weird. Yeah, that yeah, happens same. to all of us, I think. <laughs> when I sleep all... on the couch, yeah. Yeah, no, it'll be in bed with a memory foam pillow and I'll still wake up and be like, oh, I, I don't know what happened. I got hit by a truck in my sleep last night. <laughs> I was another thing I was thinking of reaching up to grab something on a top shelf in the kitchen. Um, jumping rope, if that's, you know, your fancy. I don't know. It's, I, not. It, it's, it's not news. It's not news. Who cares? I'm, I'm so tired of this period. I'm so sick of talking about Aaron Rodgers. Well, well just, he is going I, to make sure that you talk about him, whether it's a calf strain or a darkness retreat or some sort of psychedelic that he's on. You are going to talk about Aaron Rodgers. I know, and I just hate that for us. I hate that for me. I'm very open that I'm not the hugest fan of Aaron Rodgers. And it feels like no matter what, every single podcast, he just has to slink his name into there. Yeah, it's true. And I, all right, I'm just going to do it again for him. I hate also how he's talking about how he's so refreshed and 
Well, I don't hate that. It's just like fake. Like you've been a malcontent for years and all of a sudden you got your wish and you're like, oh, I love it here. Everything's great. Oh, I'm the new guy. I'm like, you walk into the office and like, hey, Aaron, welcome to the team. And he's like, I'm so happy to be here, guys. Is this my cubicle? All right. See you in the in the break room. Pizza on Fridays. Casual Mr. Fridays. Mr. Positivity, Aaron Rodgers. Denise, nice to meet you. It's your birthday. Oh, Sagittarius, I thought so. What kind of Wednesdays, am I right? (laughs) We're having cake in the boardroom after. It's her birthday. (laughs) Oh my God. Like that's that's who he is. You can't go from being uh I don't even know what how to describe him. Like a he just looked miserable. He was glaring at his receivers a, when he would make a bad pass and they didn't catch it. And just the death stare he would give them. It's like, get over yourself, man. He, I mean, I get it. You're hair. stuck in Green Bay, Wisconsin for like 15 years. Like, I understand why your bad days may be worse. But That's a really good point. <laughs> no offense to the city of Green Bay. I'm sure it's a lovely city. But at the same time, like New York, Green Bay, there's reasons he went to New York. There you go. I said this, Club Fantasy FFL. I said this months ago, that he wants to go to New York because the eyes of the world will be on him. More media than ever will be on him. That could be both a blessing and a curse, but when you're Aaron Rodgers, you just love the limelight. As much as he says he hates it. Do you want to read out the quote from Club Fantasy FFL just for the audio listeners? Yes, yes. sorry. I forget sometimes. Uh, Club Fantasy FFL says that's why Rodgers went to New York. He'll get all the media coverage. Ha ha. Sean, he even got a haircut. Did you see that? The long hair is everything. He cleaned up. He's he's the man of the big city now, Sean. He hasn't been this clean cut since his days in Berkeley. (laughs) For the love of God, can we stop talking about Aaron Rodgers, please? How about this? Let's just rebrand. Kenturby Ducky, the We Hate Aaron Rodgers podcast. How I'm about just that? waiting for, I don't know, any kind of, I'm just waiting for him to get knocked on his ass one day. And then uh, the back page of the New York Post is like, Rodgers sucks. Like, that's just the headline. Well, Big B already hates him, so we're, we're I mean, among we good company. You're a Packers fan. Yeah, he is. He is. All right, let's transition. But before we do, it's break time. Uh, cake in the break room. Uh <laughs> Happy birthday, Denise. <laughs> Everybody gather. We're going to play a fun game. It's called... Do you even know? Do you even know? Sean. Do you even know? Do you even know? It's my Sean, turn Sean this week. I'm it's excited. your turn. No, no, I'm he's, excited. He pushed it. He, no, he, he's, that's fake excitement. I know Sean doesn't no, want to No, no, no. And for those of you that are just tuning in for the first time, this is a game we play in the middle of our podcast where... Uh, Katie and Nick are going to ask me a set of questions about a specific sport. I have no idea what the topic is. I have no idea what the sport is. So I'm going into this completely blind. So it's a true test of your uh, uh, sports knowledge, I guess. Okay, let me kick this one off, Sean. Today we right. are talking about the National Basketball Association. Um, <laughs> sure. Nick, this was your idea, wasn't it? Yeah, duh. You grilled me on hockey. You think I wasn't uh, going to come back around and get you? Damn. Duh. All right. You guys grilled me on football, which was super unfair because it was questions from like the 1900s that I didn't you know. covered football. I've never covered football. I've covered no. hockey. 
thought you were. No, you I just the Chargers. Well, I with Galvanize I do rookie mini camps, but we actually don't okay. talk about football. Thank we'll you. explain oh, okay. that another day. Okay, we are talking time. basketball. So, Sean, which team did Shaquille O'Neal officially retire with? Cleveland Cavaliers. Nah, he's wrong. Bang. Shaq officially retired in 2011 with his final team being the Boston Celtics. Oh, I thought he played for the Celtics before he went Magic, to Cleveland. Magic, Lakers, Heat, Suns, Cavs, Celtics. I thought Boom. I thought he went to the Celtics then the Cavs. Unfortunately, no, he, you're super wrong, Sean. What, do you know? Thanks. Do you know why he retired, Sean? Um, he couldn't hit a free throw. Couldn't get up and down the court. I, I don't know. A myriad of reasons. Oh, well, it was largely injuries. But I guess you're kind of in the ballpark. All right. Next question here in the game we all love and call. Do you know, Sean. What team began its existence in the Buckeye State? but in the opposite corner of Cleveland. And your hint is they were known then as the Cincinnati Royals. 10 seconds on the clock. The easy answer is the Kings. Oh, he got it. He got it. Royals to Kings. Am am I right? (laughs) But where are the Kings located? Sacramento. Okay, all right, there we go, Sean. One for two. All right. I was gonna. I was second guessing myself. I'm like, they want me to say Kings. They want me to say Kings, but like, it's gonna be like the Suns or something. Well, I mean, <laughs> I, I expected Katie to know that the uh, Portsmouth Spartans were the Detroit Lions. So I guess I was a little too soft on it. Sorry, Katie. Yeah, that was really debilitating. All right, you gotta bring the hammer here. Okay, what is the most points that Michael Jordan ever scored during a single NBA game? Hint, um, it was against the Cleveland Cavaliers on is... March 28th, 1990. All right, so this is, like, kind of unfair because obviously Wilt has the record at 100, but, like, there's 99 possibilities between that and Michael Jordan scored. I thought this one was pretty notable. This was a nice game he had. I know, that. that's what I'm thinking, too. Like, I should know this because it's Michael Jordan. I know it's not astronomically high. Like, it's not insanely high. I'm sure I've heard the number before. I'm sure you have. <laughs> Is it? Okay, can I, can I, can I, can I guess a range and then no. pick my... Just pick no. a number. No. Move it. Move it. We got to move. 54. No, it is 69 points, and I even, ah, I I even gave 66, you a little hint actually. by saying he had a nice little game. Yeah, no, nice. right you know, there, baby. Nice. nice enough. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> Bonus question, Sean, and recency might help you here. Donovan Mitchell set the Cavaliers single season, single game scoring record this season. How many points did I he don't finish know, with Nick. No in one that game? The Cavs outside Northeast Ohio. Wow, 71. <laughs> Which was yeah, only two cool. more than the nice See, of sixty-nine. See, okay, that's why. Right. Like, I knew, like, I knew, like, he, I knew Jordan obviously had amazing games, but I'm like, you know, Kobe had that eighty-one point game. I know, like, the there Raptors. have been guys Ugh. that have just blown Jordan out of the water. Hint, nice. Yeah, I get it. Club <laughs> fantasy FFL. What is? I think. I think each time we've only gotten one right. So we're doing yeah. a good job of yeah. stuff. Yeah, we're all tied right. with one point. And we uh, learn things. That's the most important thing. By Humiliation far. and we and we learn. Was by it really far. always about the friends we made along the way? Sure. Don't cry because it's over. Smile because it happened. 
by far, Sean was the one who was most irritated out of the three while yes. being quizzed. For sure. That was for excellent. sure. Not even I, close. I didn't even think about what you guys might ask because I'm like, Nick knows, like, I'm pretty well-versed in sports trivia. Like, I, I don't know why. I, just, I don't forget stuff when I learn sports trivia. But, like, you picked the right. Like, you got me. That was... Could not have gone any worse. Got you good. It's, now, it's we easy. need to make a rule that we can't ask the same person the same category the next time around. Like, you can't just keep we'll gigging me with NBA questions. Okay. <laughs> you can't keep gigging me with NBA questions. Okay, this is so great. So, Club Fantasy FFL, Joshua's watching. He's really wonderful. Um, so, he just chimed in with, somebody please pick bocce ball one of these days. Do you know how relevant and hilarious that is to my life? So every single year, I compete in the Canadian Bocce Championships. What? <laughs> yes. You, you are lying. You know this. You are I, lying. I, Nick, you stop right there. I swear on Carl's life. This is real. So this is our 11th year we've had our team together. It's in Kimberley, my small town. And turns out that bocce nationals in Canada is just this huge drunk fest where it's like three days drinking and everybody dresses up in costumes. Like our team name is Boats and Hose. And this is my 11th year of team captain. And we dress like sailors and we have really graphic things written on our shirts that I won't talk about. But I am... I haven't been a champion, but I've made it three games in on Sunday where I was the semis. So when I was really this? close to being a Canadian bocce champion. So yes, Joshua, we can talk about bocce ball one day. When Nachos and lemon heads on Katie's boat. <laughs> you won't go down because your bocce balls can float. <laughs> anyway, and something else that's good for just the people in general to know. A lot of people call the sport bocce ball, but that's the ball itself. It's actually just called bocce. So we've all learned a lot today. <laughs> and he chimes in saying, well, I wasn't expecting that response. Most aren't. Most wouldn't be. Katie, we need a spinoff segment on this podcast at some point uh, I, where yeah, you just really teach us that. about bocce, not bocce ball, bocce. And then maybe I'll give you horseshoes and then Sean will follow with lawn darts and we'll just get the whole um, thing together. And that's not, that's not to know. diminish the importance of bocce. It's just... I, I don't know anything about it, like how to play it. I see it at, at, at bars sometimes, and I'm like, they're like, how do you do that? And I was like, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I, I play I, it I exactly it, once a year, and it's in the Canadian Bocce Championships. You don't have to qualify. You can just enter a team. So that's where I will be the third weekend of July. Every third you, weekend of July, I compete in the Canadian Bocce Champs. What's your beer pong skills like? How's your oh, game? Oh, really good. I'm a big liability at most team sports because I didn't do any team sports growing up. I danced okay. for many, many years. But drinking sports, I am electric. Nick. Beer pong, flip cup, bring it on. Let her know, Nick. No, you let her know. I don't. What, what was the one night where I don't think, I think we spent an entire night on the table. Like we never lost. Oh like, yeah. That was, that was fairly routine. <laughs> yeah. We, Nick, Nick and I would just absolutely run at Kent state university. And it, it, it was, that. it was unfair. It was unfair. We, um, we were the 96 bulls. I, I of, asked that because like not having any prep time and just stepping in, in a championship event environment and just being like, I damn near won the championship. Like that's the natural talent that only shows up in games like pong, mm -hmm. like bocce, like foosball, things like that. Like that's, I was, the, you're naturally talented, Katie. 
I was Thank that you. guy literally like staring people like off the table in the eyes, making a shot just to make a point. Oh, yeah. That's do you remember the energy. The, all right. All right I, I, tripping the way back machine. Glory days. Here we go. Sean, do you remember the game winner I hit off the it was at the, the old estate? I was going to say, yeah, off the uh, off the side of there was like, there was the a wall, like a little divider. Like, you know how yes. you go in two rooms and there's like a little bit of like a divider mm-hmm. in between. Like it's like crown molding or whatever it is. Usually uh, there was one cup left and it was a it, the ball had bounced back. And the rule in this house was you had to throw it off of the wall or off of that one cup left. I just bank it off the top, drilled it. I remember I was that. so excited. I jumped up and rolled my ankle. I. <laughs> the the best one I got yeah. again, just to keep going down memory lane, is when we were at someone's house. It was the, it was the girl's house, and we Ooh, were playing the girl's beer pong. House. Everyone that lived there was girls, so we I don't I don't remember what we called it. Um, but uh, an ex of mine who was with her new boyfriend, who she spicy left me for him. So and spicy. I, and I, 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 had, I had started to bring around this new girl. And this ex of mine comes up to me and she's like, hey, let's play a beer pong game. You and you and your girl versus me and and, and this dude. I'm just like, um, and I was like, I I don't don't know if that's a good idea. And the girl I was with, she was like, let's do it. Yeah, that's who she was. That's exactly who she was. I was like, oh, she was like, challenge. Boom. I'm going to kick your ass. I was like, no matter um, what it was. All right, fine. And it came down to like the final cup. And I literally just like stared this girl in the eyes, just in, and just walked off the table. <laughs> it, it, that honestly might be my greatest athletic accomplishment. Like I don't care about making states in swimming, winning medals in swimming. Like I, I don't care about that. That might have been my greatest athletic accomplishment because it felt the best. And he never so saw amazing. her again. What a way to be like. You'll think of me later. I know you got your decision. And then just walk out. I also didn't know you were a swimmer. Look, yes. we're learning so much today. Yes. I didn't Point know is, Nick, Nick, and I, Nick and I could run the beer pong table back in the day. I don't know <gasps> so much about now, but I'd love to find out. Oh, I cannot this wait. Is... So we all meet in person and we just run the table for on everyone else. Ooh, oh, That's what's up. Fun. I knew I'll the universe brought us together for a reason. I'll have a real good time doing that. This has been an extended version of... <laughs> Do you even know? Sean, thanks for playing. You were a good sport. Let's move on to Formula One, where... Well, we didn't have a race last week because there was torrential downpours and it was actually quite serious. And uh, that's part of why we didn't do a podcast because it was rained out and um, they moved on. You know, it was the track was in, uh, unsuitable for racing. The TV compound area was completely flooded. No race. You know, sometimes racing takes a backseat to things that are more serious. Um, I, I just love the stories that were coming out of mm-hmm. the Emilia Romagna region of Yuki. Yuki got stuck and um, Nick DeVries at some point got stuck and he wound up at this hotel and they were like, we don't have any rooms. And then one of the McLaren, you know, garage guys was like, here, you can have my room. And like, it was just, yeah, it's just a real circumstance. It's, you know, like you, you see the best of humanity sometimes when you're in a situation like that because everyone's just trying to help out everyone else. Yuki was out there like physically helping and like when you see stuff like that it's just it's so much bigger than the sport and you're right you do see the best of humanity 
there's also moments where you see the worst in humanity, of course, because there's all these people online. And if any of our listeners are these people, I'm just really disappointed because there was a lot of discourse online about, oh, it's Friday, the track's all clear, and why are they? And it's like, man, get that right out of here. Those takes were so frustrating because just because the track was clear and maybe you could have physically raced on the track, all of the emergency personnel that needed to obviously be elsewhere would have had to leave their situation and be at the track. It's just, it simply wasn't safe whatsoever. They obviously, no question, made the right decision. And I was for maybe the first time in my life, proud of Formula One for making a decision somewhat promptly. I mean, was the track dry and drivable? Yeah, absolutely. But like you said, Nick, the TV compound was flooded. The infield was flooded. How are you going to get people in and out of this racetrack when everything else around the area was flooded? Where were they going to stay? How are you going to feed them? And like you said, where's the emergency personnel Mm going to come from? Because they're right now saving people from flooding in their own towns. How are we going to staff, you know, a thousand, you know, safety personnel probably more that you need for, you know, a, a race weekend in F1. How are we going to staff this when they're like literally pulling people and bodies mm-hmm. out of these floods? So, yeah, it was absolutely the right move. I don't think anyone should blame F1 for it. If you do, get that out of here. Exactly. I did, en- I did enjoy some uh, social media posts where they were like, well, F1's canceled, so I guess we'll watch this. And it was like high-speed, intense marble racing. I was like, oh, pandemic. We're <laughs> yeah. back in the panty, baby. It's 2020 <laughs> all over again. We're all stuck Fanny. at home watching marble racing and and uh, cornhole championships. Yeah. Uh, you, there was uh, the Indy 500 uh, qualifying. You could watch that. That was fun. No? Okay. <laughs> I've never watched any. I'd like to get into Indy. I've just... Here, I love here, James Hinchcliffe. He's a really great analyst. Or my here's Canadian my king. He here's my my take. Uh, watch indie. The racing is great uh, because it's a spec series. I like what they do different from F one um, in terms of how they make it more competitive. Like the the rich teams still win, right? But like you still see those smaller guys punching way above their weight. Um, and the Indy five hundred is some of the best racing you can find which is on this sunday after the monaco grand prix Mm -hmm. so it's going to be a great day of racing you have two of the jewels and the triple crown racing on the same day yeah i I, will watch it this sunday this will be my first one that i've ever watched was that just because sean said so yeah all right all right and mclaren's actually good in in indycar mclaren's very good in indycar ah that's (laughs) why sean watches it so he can sleep better at night a little bit just one single tear comes down his cheek for <laughs> McLaren F1 team. <laughs> well, speaking Yikes. of McLaren, they have a new livery in for Monaco this week that looks a whole lot like a cigarette. <laughs> Can I? So, I don't like it. That's fine. <laughs> I don't like it. If if you if you can you can you throw up a picture of it, Nick? So McLaren decided to go with a, uh, not a throwback livery, but like a a one-off livery for the Monaco Grand Prix, celebrating that they are, I think, the only team in F1 that has won the triple crown of racing, that being the Indy 500, uh, the Monaco Grand Prix, and the 24 Hours of Le Mans. So they've taken the color 
of those three race winning cars and fused it into one car. So the orange is Ew. from their yeah, the orange is from their Indy 500 win. The white is from their Monaco win back in 84 with Alain Prost, you know that iconic 1980s Marlboro Yeah, white and uh, red. Yeah, that 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 McLaren car and then the black is from the all black McLaren that won the 24 hours of Le Mans in 1995. I get what they were trying to do. It doesn't look good though. It with with Google Chrome and views <laughs> sprawled across the side, it just doesn't look good. One could it say it like, looks very bad. <laughs> I don't like it. And everyone seems to love this. And I'm like, I get I love the idea behind it. Um, but I don't like the car itself. Like when they went to that golf livery two years ago, Monaco. That might have been the greatest one-off livery in the history of F1. Tough to top that, but this is just this is as mid as it gets. Mid. Oh no. This is as mid as it gets from McLaren. And I mean McLaren is pretty mid as is. Sean, I, I don't know how you don't see this. That's what it is. <laughs> So it's a lit cigarette. Like that's, that's what it is. How do you not see that? See, this is why you have to stream it on YouTube or Twitch because Oh my god, there's the Twitter clip that I'm posting. <laughs> McLaren, a lit cigarette. Like, my God. I, I I actually like it. I think it looks fine. I just think it looks like a cigarette. But you know, crazier things have happened. Um Anyway, that, that was just the one thing that jumped out to me immediately when talking about Monaco. Uh, Race-wise, I mean, F1's kind of sleepy right now, okay? Like, I expect one of the Red Bulls to win quality, but maybe Ferrari makes a run. Maybe Aston Martin makes a run. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, this is not a place for, you know, they say every track, oh, it's really difficult to overtake here. It's actually legitimately difficult to overtake in Monaco because it's a street circuit. It's Damn narrow. Impossible. There's basically nowhere to pass somebody. Like, they're just, it's tough, okay? Quality is, it's the most important quality of the year. Ask Charles Leclerc. He wins quality and then gearbox. We're not going to go down that road. So I don't know if we like, we could go to the previews and we'll do that later in the show, actually sooner than, than we probably think. Um, But I think there's other questions to ask, like in the macro view of F1 right now, because like Red Bull's pretty much in command right now. and, And we're more about the midfield and everything else, but there's intrigue elsewhere, right? You know, there's Mercedes still struggling to get their car developed uh and and make it competitive there's times where they've raced really well but it's still your third fourth like you're not battling with red bull you're not even making a run at them really i mean no they had a pretty nice run yeah yeah so so improvements are supposedly on the way does it make a difference they were supposed to be here for imola which i think would have been a lot more effective when you're testing new upgrades because you have a lot more room to kind of play around with it as opposed to monaco where the streets are just so tight and there's no mistakes that you can make whatsoever so when you're testing out um their new upgrades because it sounds like a pretty big upgrade we're talking like side pods which has been their big thing for a couple years now (laughs) But Monaco is just seems like not the greatest time to do it. I know, obviously, this was really unforeseen, but I was a bit shocked that they didn't wait until the next race. But I guess like if you've already done the car up with these upgrades, but I'm curious to see how they look just because if you make one tiny mistake when you're just trying to adjust to a car, you're in the wall. And then all of a sudden, all of these pieces that you've just added to the car, donezo. 
I think, I mean, yeah, you're right, but it's not their fault. It's not Mercedes' fault that they're rolling out their new upgrades at Monaco. Like you said, it was supposed to be at Imola. Mm. Obviously, that got canceled. So, I, like you said, car's done. Like, we're ready to go. It's just unfortunate that we have to do this at Monaco. We're probably not going to see the full scale of these upgrades until the race after Monaco. But, um, I mean, it is what it is. It, at, at this point, we're just hoping that Rebel doesn't completely sweep the season and go one, two, yeah. every race like that. That's all we're hoping for at this point, because the car is so dominant. Um, I, the Monaco, it, it's so, the Monaco GP is so awkward because it's, it's the oldest one on the calendar, right? It's, it's one third of the triple crown in racing. Like I said, you can't get rid of it. You just can't. It's, it's the glitz. It's the glamour. It's what F1 is known for. Even fans, that don't know anything about Formula One, they know about the Monaco Grand Prix. Mm -hmm. So you can't get rid of it. But it is just the most boring hour and a half of your <laughs> life because you're watching the, nothing happen. But it's the intrigue of it. It's the it's the views of it. It's the history of it. Like, I get that it's not the most exciting race. You said it yeah. is the most exciting qualifying, which so Saturday holds a lot more weight than Sunday to me anyways, to a lot of people. But if it's the history is so rich that when I watch it, it just feels like I, when I was in Monaco, I remember I was driving around on the racetrack. Oh, this was in like 2008. Oh, oh, oh. And the person I was with said, this is the racetrack in Formula One. And I hadn't watched F1 at all. And it still was like, holy shit, like I can't believe. And just looking around Nick, at what, what is, it what was. What is face you're making right yeah, now? Yeah, what Nick? is that face you're making, Nick? You said you were driving on the track in Monaco? Well, the streets. Like, it's, yeah. it's the, just driving in the street. I This face Very is intrigued. freaking lead, Katie. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. Like, what so. the hell? Okay, for, all right. Uh, bocce ball, damn near champion. Sorry, bocce champion. Dancer, didn't know she was a dancer. Drove through the streets of Monaco. What a, are you part of the CIA? Are you a I'm government also a superhero? <laughs> All right, now we're really just getting you. She's a member of the Wu Tang. <laughs> you have the album bought by Martin Shkreli. Oh wow! But yeah, the point was like even before I was trying to just emphasize Sean's point that before I was an F1 fan, I was driving, being driven through the streets, and then somebody brought up this is where they drive, and it was. I just couldn't comprehend it looking around how beautiful, how glamorous, how amazing everything was. And this is where cars will speed through these streets. Like it really is something that even if you're not an F1 fan, it is such a big global deal. Just like people, when you bring up the Indy 500, people know what that is. Monaco is just really, really special in its own way. Not for the racing all the time. Quali's sick. I do, I do have to uh, admit, so uh, there's an Indy car race in uh, downtown St. Petersburg here in uh, Tampa Bay, and uh, they leave up like the curbs year round, and every year they repave the, the, the surface of the streets where they, where they race, and occasionally when my job takes me down there, you know, no cars are around. I'm like, Sean, this, this doesn't compare. <laughs> no, I don't, no, it doesn't at all, but I understand like why Katie is like, oh, yeah, I was driving around the streets of Monica. I'm like... Because when you're driving around like a roundabout and you see like racing curbs, you're like, mm, okay, let's floor it and just like see what I can do here. Yeah, hit and the apex. Yeah, it, exa <laughs> exactly. I'm just like, the point. Like, the it, point it, is it, not that she was driving on the track. It's the fact that she was in freaking Monaco. It's really beautiful there. I mean, my parents <laughs> were in Monaco, Nick. 
We were in we were yeah. in Tallinn, Estonia, and Finland, and Germany. Like we we've done. I'm our not going to stand too. for you for you bringing down Katie's. No, I'm not, life I'm not bringing down Katie. It wasn't meant to be a huge flex. It was yeah. just supposed to be relevant. I <laughs> am giving her her do podium. You, like, okay. Do you think like it's like illegal to go to Monaco or something? Like you can go to Monaco, Nick. You you no. can go to Monaco right Nick, now. Nick, it's not no. a crime to go to no. Monaco. Katie, I don't even know Kathy what to think Bob right now. Kathy went to Monaco and they walked around. They hiked up a mountain, Nick. You can go to Monaco if you want. Part of me wonders if Katie is like a Canadian princess. Like she's secretly Canadian royalty and we just don't know. And well, she's according- too humble to, to tell us like, oh yeah, by the way, my condo is actually just like my vacation home. I just needed to get away for like six months with me and Carl, my dog, and go skiing. Probably. You know, the season's almost over, so I'm probably going to go back to the castle. I know the castles don't exist there, but we're going to go back to the castle, you know, and just like, assume and resume my royal duties as me my Canadian friend, princess uh, me, of whichever region of Canada she's in that I still can't remember. West, Katie, just Katie, be honest. Look this me, side, look me, left side. Do you have either Justin Trudeau, Justin Bieber, or Drake in your phone? Uh, All three. Knew it. Freaking knew it. <laughs> Freaking knew it. <laughs> You want to know something else about Monaco, by the way, because I was curious about this. Like the the casino is the big the Monte Carlo casino is like the big like landmark, right? You don't need to be a millionaire to go in there. You actually like trust me, I know. When, when you walk <laughs> in, I was reading about it. When you walk in, like you can go to the left and that's like the high rollers, or you can go to the right and that's like normal Joe Schmoes. And I'm like, oh, well, there must be like some sort of wait list. No. You can just go in. You can look around. You can do whatever you want. It's a normal casino. You can go in as long as I you're not monogast. Right. Yeah, exactly. Right. We all we all would. As long as you're not monogast, you can go in there. And I'm like, okay, well, surely you got to wear like a tuxedo. They're like, no, just no flip flops. Okay. This whole allure of this like grand old casino Monte Carlo is just like, eh, just don't wear flip flops. You're good. Like that's 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 what Monaco is, Nick. It's just this race that makes it look like it's the coolest thing in the world. Everything's a lie, Sean. I've come to realize everything is a lie. But on that, actually, in that same vein, I don't want to sound like a Debbie Downer. But I don't like the Americanization of F1. Uh, I know that the drivers complained about the whole intro thing in Miami, which that was way too much. But like, I think about having these random American guests be the checkered flag waivers at races. Like, like I think about Serena cause she did it in Monaco and like, I don't know if Serena knows anything about F1 or if she's into F1 or not, but why do we have to put an American there? Why can't this be somebody from somewhere else? You know what I mean? Like stop forcing our country on the world. This is your sport that we're happy to be a part of and enjoy, but like, it doesn't need to be about us. Well, I don't think Serena, like, I don't think that was us pushing america on f1 like but it's happened so many other times like serena i just get, I get that but like i get that but serena williams is a global sports icon yeah and tennis yes. and tennis is much bigger in europe than it is yes. here in the states while serena is absolutely a goat of american athletes she's bigger in europe than she even is here so i think yeah. that like even in monaco like the french fans the Monegasque fans, the Italian fans that were there, they know Serena even more and better than we do because they play more tennis than we do. So I'm not to nitpick you there, Nick, but I understand what you're saying. Like, yes, like Miami and Austin and then just wait for Vegas, baby. Freaking Tom Mark, Dave, Mark Davis is going to be out there waving the flag. Tom Brady's going to be waving the flag. Um, it's going to be it's going to be fun, man. But I, I get your point. Um, but 
I think Monaco, like you said, Katie, it still holds that kind of holy place in, in racing. It'll never go away. And I'll still watch it. I'll watch it and I'll love it. People think it's boring, but I still think it's so fascinating to watch these gigantic fast cars going through those crazy tight corners. Yeah. I, like I, it's I not think. like we talked about. The racing isn't as good. There's no almost impossible to overtake, which I went back and I watched the last few the last few weeks because we've had no F1 and I've been really bored. And I forgot about the overtake that Schumacher had on Nikita Mazepin. Remember when he was randomly in F1 for that short period? <laughs> but he overtook his own teammate in Monaco, and I think that's just really iconic. It was a great way to send Mazepin out, or at least a highlight on his very short career, no doubt. Uh, let's save the DeVries thing for later since there wasn't a race last week. Let's go to the final topic, which is Honda is back in F1. You know, they were they had to get out because of environmental concerns, and they wanted to allocate their resources somewhere else, but really they just wanted to split with Red Bull. Do I sound like a scorn lover? Yeah, because they're not coming back with Red Bull. They're going to Aston Martin, and I'm pissed. Nick I got has stuck been with scorned. Ford. I got stuck with Ford. Hey. Speaking of Americanization, what's your problem with Ford, man? That's an American company. It's Sean, you know the old saying. What does Ford, what's the acronym stand for? I don't know, actually. Found on road dead. <laughs> I've never heard <laughs> Fixed that Fixed or replay, repaired daily. You haven't heard these, Sean? No, I actually haven't, no. <laughs> Their last I, venture in F1 wasn't very successful either. The last Ford my family ever had was a, like a 1992 Ford Bronco. Like, that was it. It was the yeah. last, I think, American car my company, my, 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 company, my family ever had. <laughs> my family okay. My family company, my corporation ever had. Um, oh, yeah, it's very enterprising. I've had a Subaru, a Mazda, and a Honda, so all foreign cars for me. I drive a foreign. That's what I tell people. Uh, yeah, that's you and your um, Bugatti. I don't know. It, it seems like Honda has a love-hate relationship with F1. They're in, they're out, they're hot, they're cold. There was that whole... Uh, mclaren debacle back in the mid 2010s where fernando alonso like literally called out on radio and said this is a gp2 engine um but clearly they've gotten their you know what together um as shown with that uh the last two championships with red bull but i guess you never know what they're going to come back with especially in 2026 so this is when Honda's going to come back in 2026. There's going to be not just a uh, budget cap on teams, but a budget cap on engine suppliers. So and? all the engine suppliers will be on a level playing field as well. So if anything, I'd be a little worried if I'm an Aston Martin fan because Honda's up and down. They have produced probably two of the greatest engines in F1 history with the 1980s McLaren and then this you know, early 2020s Red Bull. After that, their history is a little rocky. And what else is new in 2026? We're going to have Audi. We're going to have Porsche. Yeah. Yeah. So I guess at that point, all the cool my question, car manufacturers are in. My question, though, is Katie, in 2026, where's Baby Stroll going to be? Because if Honda is attaching itself to, to Aston Martin, you know they are bringing Yuki Tsunoda with them or someone yeah. from Japan with them. It might not be Yuki. It might be Yuki. Yuki has done really well this year. At this point, I think Yuki will be in this sport for a couple of years, um, at least till 2026. I think he'll at least make it to that point. So it's probably Yuki. And if Fernando isn't retiring at that point, Where's Baby Stroll? Because are yeah, you really going to well, go into a season with Lance Stroll and Yuki Tsunoda? 
Well, I've talked about it again and again. He's Lawrence's second favorite son. And as long as Fernando's in the sport, I say it's going to be Fernando and Yuki and Lance Stroll's going to be working in the factory somewhere. Son, I'm very proud of you. <laughs> but f*** off. I love you, but you are not serious people. I get such a big Roman Roy and Logan Roy oh, vibe yeah. between Lawrence and Lance. That's that's why I said F off right there. Because I'm just like, yep, I'm channeling my inner Logan Roy right there. <laughs> but I do Son, get a I'm bit. I'm very I, proud of you. I think I do a good Lawrence stroll. I think kinda you feels, do too. Kind of feels like more Kendall than, than Roman even. See, I get a bit of the like shifty, little sketchy, like I. Yeah. But then I do like to ask myself the question, and I think it should be a running segment on the pod. Does Lance Stroll have that dog in him? Because I brought it up first episode, where I thought maybe he did you know when what? he broke his wrist, and then he was driving ten minutes later. Since then, uh, it hasn't been so good. He's been letting the team down a little bit, but you know that Katie, could just, just be a running you, question we can ask. I ask myself can, yes, that all the time. This can be a running question we ask on the podcast every week. It'll take 10 seconds. Does Lance Stroll have that dog in him? This Again, week the answer no. is no. Oh, yeah. Dog watch. Dog watch. Be dog watch. <laughs> Lance Stroll every week. Dog watch. All right. We'll be keeping an eye out for Lance Stroll and the dog watch. Come back next Let's, week uh, when we recap the race in Monaco. Let's wrap this thing up. Are we going to do our predictions for Monaco or no? Yeah, let's do it. Predictions and then we uh, wrap this thing up. Sean, what's your podium? Uh, My podium is Checo, Max, Charles. Mm. He's going to get on the podium in his home race. Now that I've said that, he's probably going to crash out in qualifying. And again, his gearbox won't work, so he won't even make it to the starting lineup. But I would love to see Charles on his home podium. It just means more in Monaco. Mm -hmm. And the fact that he, like, if you don't realize, Monaco, it's not just a tiny country. It has a population of 39,000. Okay. My second job in TV was in a town of 44,000. That was market 172 in this country. Monaco is smaller than that. That's a country. And the fact that this kid, a kid, he's like a man now, but the fact that this guy has made it from a town of 39,000 to race the highest level of motorsports, I would like to see him at least on a step at his home race because they would go crazy for him. It's a tax-friendly group, by the way. Tax-friendly market, you know. Very tax-friendly. Yeah, yeah, you know. All right, Nick? Katie. No, what? All right. Um, uh, Max is going to come out on top, not because I'm biased, but just because that's the obvious choice. The king of the streets, though, man. I would like Charles to live up to Sean's prediction, but he is cursed, okay? It's whether it's Ferrari's problems or his own. He and especially at Monaco. last year. Yeah, and the year before his gearbox failed because he crashed in quality. Like I, I just don't trust him. I, I wonder when that experiment is gonna end, as crazy as that sounds. Like signs in him, I could see a whole new Ferrari lineup before long. That's just not producing and it's it's team wide failure. So I can't hitch my wagon to that. We're gonna go Max, we're gonna go Fernando, and then we're gonna go Lewis Hamilton. Love that. Confidence in the upgrades. Yes. You love to see that. Yes. Katie? Did you guys see the little asterisk? Did you guys see the highlights of Carlos and Charles playing soccer? Um, I, did, I saw, no, I, I saw some videos, but I kind of scrolled past. Oh, okay. It's worth a watch. It was really, really okay. funny. Um, yeah. All listeners and watchers go give that watch because it was really epic. And then Charles posted this screenshot of him just like head, neck, and shoulder in the ground. And then he 
said like I'm an elite athlete or something. It was really funny. <laughs> That's great. And yeah, Carlos had this amazing pass over to Charles, and he just awful shot. And then Carlos ran up and like gymnast grabbed onto the soccer post. Like it was all just really. And I think Pierre was there. Pierre really Gasly. It was. It was really, all really, really interesting. Quick. If there was a, a driver you would like want to go out like on a night out on the town with, I don't know why, but I feel like my driver would be Charles Leclerc. Mm. I don't know why. Like, he, because he just seems like one of the more down to earth guys that like I could just kind of have a fun time with. Like he makes fun of himself, but like at the same time, like, you know, I don't know. I, I don't know why, but like I've gotten that vibe from him. It wouldn't be Lando because he's awkward as all hell. Lewis, I feel like would just talk about himself the entire time. Come on, no, Guys, I'm, I'm I'm so grateful to be here tonight. I'm so grateful to be here. I'm so grateful. Uh, Speaking they, gratitude isn't the same as talking about yourself, Sean. Yeah, yeah, but he would, but he makes it that awkward kind of gratitude. Um, I have an easy Max pick for is that. just Max is just. No, weird. we're not going to run through all the drivers. We're not going to. I'm do just saying. I'm just saying. Mine would be Charles Leclerc. I don't know no. why. Mine would just be Charles Leclerc. Mine's Daniel Ricardo. I know he's reserved, but he's driver, not on the grid. Yeah, he's yeah. on the nope. grid. That doesn't count. Yeah, he's not right, worth twenty. Then, Nick. It's Fernando Alonso. Fernando. Yeah, it's Fernando Alonso. Oh, like the like things Charles you would learn. be sweet to go to a sporting event with, hang out. I think you're right. I think he's a down to earth guy. He's an amazing musician. He's so multi layered and talented. And I just think he's so interesting. But in terms of partying, I want to party with Fernando Alonso. Yeah, like it would be high class. He's he would teach forty. Me like he's going to go bourbon. to bed at like ten p.m. <laughs> he's a man. He's forty. <laughs> <laughs> don't come! Don't come to them. Come at me. I'm a man. I've already retired one. Unless he's bringing Taylor, I don't care. Some of us are getting closer to forty, and I'm still really fun. Yeah, John. I'm trying to be cultured, Sean. I'm not trying to hang out with Charles and his... All right, all right. I'm done with this. Katie, did we get your predictions? Come <laughs> no. On. No. Okay. So I've got some spicy ones. Number one, Fernando Alonso. Number two, Checo. Number three, Charles. Oh. He makes it on the podium in Monaco. All right. I, I, like, the, I like the way you delivered that. I don't know about this. We just... need you, Nick, and this, you should have been doing this already. Like, I don't know why you weren't. Uh, you should be like writing down on screen our predictions, and you didn't. Kind of, you know, mad at you right now, but mm. that's okay. We can do it next time. There's mm. there's room for growth, Nick. It's it's okay. It's okay. I'm not mad. Yeah. I'm just disappointed. I'm just. Oh. It's much worse. Oh, um, all right. Real quick, guys, give me your predictions for something that's going to happen during the race. Hmm. I think Charles is going to wreck. There you go. No, don't put that out there. <laughs> don't you put that evil on me. <laughs> Safest bet in sports. I don't bet though. I'm not a bet. I'm not allowed to. I've got a crazy prediction. Nick DeVries is going to fire it right into the wall multiple ah, times. Yeah. The new goat Tifi. Um, my <sighs> prediction is somehow, some way. A Williams will finish top. Yeah, six. I was thinking Logan Sargent. Let's go. A Williams will finish top six. Some way, somehow, Ooh. a Williams will finish top six. Yeah, it's going to be yeah. Albon. But I love, I love no, that. I, no, I, I think it'll be Albon. But I'm just like, I think a Williams could do something. Yes. This, I, I don't know why. Cool. I'm getting like because they're savvy. They're they're weird with their tire rotations and they're like good with their pit stops. Like they can play this perfectly. Give them a red flag or a yellow flag, and they can wind up in double points. Or top six. So, but they shine Williams- with their straight line speed. That's where they kind of lose me. Like I, I see it coming for them, 
But because so much of their strength is that straight line, and in Monaco, you just virtually don't have that. I know, but I'm just saying, like, if there's a red flag and a yellow flag, and they can just beat some people with pit stops, and, like, they get the right strategy, which they're tending to do right now, I... Just wait. Just Maybe something could happen. Sean, you delivered, like, Santa Claus. You delivered, like, Santa Claus on Christmas with that. I was very happy to hear that. Thank you. Appreciate it. All right, we ready to wrap this up here? Yeah, absolutely. This was All supposed right. to be a short podcast. Mario, Time for hate it or love it. What's your hate, folks? Um, I'll go first. My hate Keep it is... Sean, take your time. Thanks, Nick. Take Thank it you. for a while. Thank you, Katie. My hate 30 is... 30 seconds to break. At 31 years... <laughs> I don't even want to go anymore. 20. At 31 years of age... Um, the heroes that we grew up with in sports they're fading they're starting to go away oh don't make this about lebron it's gonna be about lebron all right first off john no no he's not retiring no this is a leverage play but i have already come to this conclusion all right now go just go ahead Just, just get it over with i'm not talking about lebron retiring i'm talking about the fact that we only have a couple of years maybe to watch him left oh, yeah. we all watched tom brady retire for me it was ben roethlisberger we watched him retire Sidney crosby evgeny malkin for me as a pittsburgh fan only have a couple of years left lebron james who i believe is actually the greatest basketball player of all time he is soon to retire whether it be this offseason the next or the one after that the heroes that i grew up with they are starting to fade quickly and when you're 31, you don't get new heroes, right? Like, I'm not going to attach myself to Luca or... Oh, we're losing Sean. <laughs> we're losing Nick too, something happened Oh, there. <laughs> we were losing you. You weren't attaching yourself to anyone. You just left. Did I, did I cut out? <laughs> yeah. not, even, not even to his ethernet cord. Oh man, that was a good, I was on a good rant What's there. What's funny this is, is in post, this will all be there because it's I'm just mostly saying. recording. <laughs> At 31, you don't you don't attach yourself to someone new. Like your your heroes are gone. Once your heroes that you grew up with are gone, they're gone. Like I'm not going from Ichiro to Mike Trout or Shohei Otani. It's just I'm an adult now. I live with it. I watch the sport. I still love all the sports. But that that childhood love that you had for when you fell in love with the sports, watching your heroes, that's gone, or it's going to go very soon. And I hate that. I don't like getting old either. Um, but I will Basically, tell you. I that, just said, yeah, I don't like getting old. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I've already accepted I'm going to cry when LeBron retires. I've watched him, as you guys know, since he was a freshman in high school. That I will never have that type of connection with an athlete ever again. I really ever. wasn't making it about LeBron, but like I was watching a game that, uh, when I was watching them get swept, that kind of came to my mind. I'm like, man. Yeah. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to remember. Nick, I'm going to remember when we went to Rockney's freshman year and watched the Cavs take on LeBron in the heat for that first time. I'm going to remember that because, like, LeBron was larger than life. And all of these other guys, Sidney Crosby, uh, Ovi, um, just, you know, for me when I was a kid, like, I loved Ichiro Suzuki. He was my favorite. Like, those guys were larger than life. And now that they are all retiring, it's kind of sad a little bit. Father time slows down for no one, not even Tom Brady. He eventually gives in too. Katie, what's your hate? <laughs> Um, I do hear what you're saying, Sean. I fully agree with you. Although, because I'm much, much older than both of you, I went through this 12 years ago. You're not that much older. Uh, anyway, 43? Uh, uh, I'm not getting sidetracked. We're getting across the finish line. 
Um, my hate is I've got a bit of a spicy situation that hopefully by next podcast we've sorted out. But I'm supposed to be in Nashville from June 3rd to 10th. Oh, okay. And I'm very, very excited about that. I lived in Nashville. Um, I worked for the Preds. I haven't been back since December 2019, right before the pandemic. And it's a big galvanized meetup. And I'm really, really excited about it. But um, I had to renew my passport because my water bottle spilled very gently onto it. And my photo got messed up. So... Um, Probably already pretty messed up. (laughs) (laughs) So I had to do a big panicked drive to Calgary and go to the passport office because we had this big government strike. So our passport services were stopped for about three weeks. So when I discovered it, I had to do the big, I had to wait for it. (laughs) Nick is taking off his headphones. He's done with this. Oh, I hear something in the wall. I hear something (laughs) on the wall and I was just making sure uh, new surroundings. I'm still not completely comfortable. Um, Anyways, long story short, I had to wait for the strike to end before I renewed my passport. I had to make a panic trip to Calgary. And there's a chance that it won't come in time because it's still not here. And it was supposed to be here on May 18th. And and things are very backed up. And at the office, they just said, we don't know when it's going to be. And I'm like, sick. Cool, 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 cool. No doubt, no doubt. So um, we all have to... the border illegally. (laughs) We all have to manifest um, that my passport comes in. And Club Fantasy FFL just chimed in. And they said, LFG, enjoy the experience, Katie. And uh, they've actually been a really big part of me being able to go. Um, I was awarded a scholarship by them. I'm very grateful for that in order to attend the event. So it's very lovely that they're tuning in today. Hello, Joshua. Thank you. But we all have to group manifest that my passport comes in in time because hey, I, we didn't expect I have an this easy fix. I have a simple fix for this. This is all part of the ploy. This is all part of her deep cover, Sean. She doesn't have a passport issue. She's just telling us this so that we, again, ignore the fact that she's Canadian royalty. Canadian royalty, well, yeah. Well, royalty, you don't need a passport. She's going to whine. She's going to show up to TSA or you're not driving. The, no, you? she's taking the PJ straight to Nashville. Yeah, exactly. Okay? Exactly. G6, she's going to be like, don't there. you know who I am? She'll take a PJ know. to Nashville, then take a helicopter to the meetup Do you to, even in know true Logan movie? Roy fashion. Exactly. See, you guys get it. So this was all just a big farce. I don't actually own a passport. I'm Canadian royalty. Yeah. It's a great day Uh, for Canada and therefore the world. Well, (laughs) in all seriousness, fingers crossed. Yes, I have to make it there. You're going. You're going to have a blast. I will. What's your hate? hate. Um, What is my hate? My hate is uh, like stuff you got to do around the house, man. Every day. I got (laughs) to... Just doesn't end. Yeah, uh, my hate's old weed whacker engines. That um, oh, are... I was going to ask. Do you have a yard and do you have to mow it? It's very tiny. I've been through a whole thing. I don't even want to get into it. Like my dad gave me an old weed whacker that had clearly been bone dry for at least a few years, and I went and got some fuel, and it, it started for like three seconds. It was just a, a it was one thing or another. And this is a nice, like, good, like you know, this is not a house that needed a lot of work. It's just doing that stuff is a lot of work on a day-to-day basis. I've already basis. decided, Nick, when I when I buy a house eventually, which hopefully will be in the next couple of years, um, I'm not doing yard work. Ain't happening. I hate yard work. I absolutely hate it. And the good thing about Florida is you only need to do yard work half of the year because the other half of the year it doesn't rain. Your yard is just dead. So the other half of the year, just it's a monsoon. So you have to mow your grass like three times a week. I'm paying someone to do that. I Nope, not doing it. I take pride in that. I actually find it cathartic. It's just that, like, I just have so much still to do. 
you know the moving process still you know that the, the end of the moving process I my my boss i'm not kidding you watches videos of people mowing the grass all right we're going on to love time. it what's your love Jesus. what's your love he's like this is my porn man oh my god i'm uh, well. deeply uncomfortable right now yeah i mean people <laughs> wonder him doing it. he's just watching people cut grass yeah, those lines thing. those lines are so oh, perfect he loves those crisp just lines dudes being man. dudes you know well, he, Actually, I'm a woman and I love yard work. He, yeah, he volunteers you, his Katie. time to take care of the local high school softball field. Like, you know, that's his thing. He just loves cutting the grass, man. He's going to kill me now that I said this. It's I actually support him. I think I like doing yard work. It's just it's so wholesome, though, because I'll look over and he's just like taking a break, just like sitting back in the chair, watching someone cut grass on YouTube. That's like, well, you go, man, you go. Uh, he's he's looking up new strategies. That's his love. What's your love, Sean? Uh, my love, Ted Lasso season three. Go watch it. It's just I've laughed, I've cried. I my my like the, the the hairs on my arms still haven't gone down. And I watched episode eleven last night. Can't wait for the season finale. Ted Lasso season three. Go watch it. Katie, um, I was gonna say the same thing. I hate that it's television, but mine's Succession. I love oh. Succession. Ooh. Oh, I'm, not it, I'm so sad. It's ending next week. It's so good for anyone that not hasn't seen up. it. I just think it's one of the best shows ever created. It's like probably my second favorite behind Breaking Bad. Um, and episode... Ted Lasso is in my top three too. But okay, episode so three, three. Of, episode three of this season, best episode of television I've ever seen in my life. Which one was episode three? Was that Connor's wedding? Yes. Yes. Spoilers. Without giving away spoilers. Well, <laughs> that's literally the title. The, the title of the episode is Connor's Wedding. I uh, well phenomenal. I kind of had like someone's password for HBO Max, and now that it's now Max, leave I don't this know part out. Yeah, I don't know if I'll be able to watch it anymore. Sean, so, password sharing. What's that? I, I, I didn't hear no, anything. I, hear I anything. have Max. What? Okay, well, Nick. What you right, love? Let's keep the TV theme then. Um, I was gonna say. Um, Actually, I don't even know what the hell I was going to say. Oh, I love family because my little sister moved back from Florida to Cleveland. Bridget oh, that's just exciting. Open, Bridget just opened the door and gave me this look. <laughs> because I'm with we've you, been Bridget. On the, like, that's a cop we, out. No, that's no, no. no. She gave me this look because we've been on the podcast for this long. Every time we're done, oh. she's always like, you guys need to be shorter. And I'm like, I try. And especially this episode. Bridget, you're welcome to like, it, I've tried. be our producer. Like, <laughs> so she just gives, she likes to give me hell and she just happened to walk by in that exact moment. So I'm, I love that my little sister moved back because we get to spend time. She literally lives like th in, she lives in Tremont, Sean, like right down That's the sweet. road. Nice. So my, so she, I've never met your sisters except for your older sister, but I've never met your sister. Yeah, you'll probably meet them. Um, Bridget yeah. even ran into her at Walmart today, for example. That's so ah. cute. That's how that's so close they are. But my real love that I was going to choose to keep in line with the TV theme, that Tupac series on Hulu, I haven't even watched it its entirety. I've kind of watched bits and pieces. It's Isn't called like Dear, Dear Mama or something Dear Mama like that? is phenomenal. Like, hmm fantastic i haven't watched it front to back but just in the parts that i've seen fantastic like i feel like tupac's career wasn't properly documented because you know the timing of when it happened the east coast west coast rivalry his death it was i think um minimized and and just summarized too briefly without getting into the background of his family and everything else that's fantastic the the cinematography it's just awesome like it's really cool for me as a hip-hop junkie but like it's awesome go watch that i'd love to watch we don't have hulu in canada you guys block it from us but i don't block it you, you two individually do no, no you know what hulu 
one time came after me, a headhunter came after me for a job way back in the day that I was certainly not qualified for and then ghosted me. So I don't even know why I have Hulu, you know? <laughs> For this series, that's why you it's, need it's to a true story. But I, I actually enjoy having it. It's, <laughs> it's, it's quite great. Uh, Big B says get a VPN, Katie. So uh, awesome. yeah, that's what, that's what awesome. thanks, Big B. All right, let's get across the damn finish line. All right, this right, has been we... episode four. I love doing this podcast with you, and Good this this was a very enjoyable podcast. We learned so co- many new things. Like Katie's been to Monaco and. Katie is almost a bocce ball national champion. And Sean knows the how to swim. The second largest country in the world. Bocce. Uh, sorry, yes. She's almost Thank bocce you. champion. Um, this has been episode four of the Gridiron Podcast. Thanks for tuning along. Thanks to everyone that commented along the way. For Nick Shook and Katie Caldwell, I'm Sean Barry. And as always, live life in the fast lane. God, that was so sharp. So mm-hmm. sharp. Mm-hmm.